Hi, everyone. This is Anthony Diaz with the Pop Health Show. And the show is for anyone that has a strong passion for making people healthier in this world. And I'm really enthused and excited, uh, you know, in, in regards to innovation, right? We always talk about innovation on the show. I'm really excited to have Omkar Kulkarni on the show. So Omkar is the Chief Innovation Officer at Children's Hospital Los Angeles. And he's done a lot of interesting things in health, in innovation, and all in all, I'm not going to steal his thunder. Omkar, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I guess, you know, innovation, your focus, you know, it had a start, it had a spark, it had a beginning. Maybe you could and teleport us back and tell us a little bit about the series of events that have gone on through your life that have led you to become the person you are. So just love to hear a little bit about your origin story. Sure. So at its core, I believe that there are opportunities that we all have to make our healthcare system better, the way healthcare is delivered um, to individuals, to populations, to to people across the country. My background personally is in public health. And so through that, I've, I've really been interested in finding ways in which we can uh, change and improve the way in which we uh, provide healthcare uh, and ensure healthy populations uh, across, across the country and maybe even beyond. Uh, through my career, what I've been able to do is find different ways of doing that. Uh, I started out really focusing on, at a micro level, um, how we can use process improvement and process optimization and really tools and, and methodologies from other industries, particularly manufacturing, to improve the way in which care is delivered. And so using tools like Lean, Six Sigma, design thinking, and others, I've been able to, to make important process changes at, at hospitals uh, on both coasts. Uh, in addition, I, I, I got I was lucky enough to be introduced to the world of technology and saw the opportunity for technology to be smartly used when purpose-driven to really improve healthcare as well. And I think the difference for me, and I think what was really interesting to me, was to see how we can use technology at scale to really make improvements in healthcare that can go beyond one specific process, uh, maybe even beyond one specific hospital, to ideally something that you could actually impact change uh, across the entire country or maybe even beyond. Because technology is scalable in a way that uh, you know other improvement opportunities aren't. And so through that, I've been able to find my way into the really exciting world of healthcare innovation, particularly digital health innovation. Uh, I was lucky enough to uh, work and, and help build the Cedars-Sinai Accelerator Program uh, that was in partnership with Techstars at the time. And uh, about a year and a half ago, uh, lucky enough to take on the, the role, as you mentioned, of, of Chief Innovation Officer here at Children's Hospital Los Angeles. And so I think the, the thread, the common thread around me and, and what really drives me is around how we can really improve healthcare. And there's different ways of doing it. Uh, some are uh, incremental and some are transformational. Some are process-oriented, some are technology-enabled and, and adaptive. And through all of it, I'm just really passionate about finding ways to bring, allow people and enable people who have ideas about how they want to improve healthcare and how to really enable them, support them, and ideally uh, champion their, their wins when they've actually been able to make the changes their, their, their ideas uh, were aiming to, to make.
I love it. I love it. Yeah, no, Ankar, it's uh, it's 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 super exciting the work that you're doing. And yeah, no, you've been with with a few hospitals now, and um, you know, obviously the Cedar Sinai Texas program was uh, you know, extremely innovative, unique, and you know, obviously uh, benefited from your leadership, uh, you know, with that program. So it's exciting to see you know you bring your background experiences to to the programs that you're you're now you know looking to launch, starting to launch at work you're at today um, I, and, and along those lines I guess I'd love to hear a little bit about what has you most passionate in healthcare today so obviously it's, there's this umbrella of process improvements scalable processes digital health um, tell me about maybe one or two things that really has you excited more at a deeper level whether it's uh, you know genomics digital health um, you know therapeutics uh, just love to hear about like what captures your attention most these days yeah, there's two things, and I like to try to, you know, it's it's nice to use words that are kind of industry standard, but I think it's helpful to really break it down into what excites me into some some manageable nuggets. Mm-hmm. So, you know, my opinion is there there are quite a few, many many things in healthcare delivery, either from the provider side or other elements of healthcare, that are incredibly uh, inefficient. Uh, so my lean days kind of have taught me about all those different uh, elements that are you know, inefficient. The way we uh, process a transaction from a revenue cycle perspective, uh, the way we uh, intake patients, the way we discharge patients, the way we manage their insurance, the way we do a variety of different things on the back end. And so I think a lot of the administrative functions, things that patients probably never see, although they definitely feel, but processes that they never necessarily see are really, there's a really opportune time right now for us to figure out ways to eliminate the waste out of those processes and those those systems. But bridging that with technology that I think is existing either in other industries or is on the horizon is probably the most exciting thing that I see. Using uh, process automation, uh, using different bots that can work in the back end that can leverage artificial intelligence to really eliminate a lot of the wasteful steps that exist or even the errors that happen because of human entry to human data entry or human processing. So if we can find ways to do that, I think there's a lot of cost savings that we can pull out of the healthcare system um, nationally. I think will help with the overall conversation about how we reduce healthcare costs. So I think there's a lot of opportunity to do that. We can look at other industries and how other really big tech companies have um, you know, found ways to, to leverage data and automation to improve efficiency in their industries. We can definitely do that in healthcare, particularly the back on the administrative side. On the very other side of things, from a patient-facing perspective, I think we are now at a place, especially because many healthcare providers and payers are really incentivized to, to really deliver on value. We're at a really interesting time in in healthcare where we're finding ways in which we can uh, make sure that patients are getting the appropriate level of care where they get it. And one important part of that conversation is around social determinants of health. I think uh, that the the concept that our health is only partially, uh, I'd say about 20% of our health, is really dictated by the care we get from providers like hospitals and doctors the other 80% is really influenced 80% of our health is really influenced by other factors largely things around where we live people we interact with the access we have to things like food housing transportation uh, these these other topics which we are really focused on here at Children's Hospital Los Angeles 
the social determinants of health work, I think is really important. I think you're starting to see many health systems, especially those that are value-based value from their incentive structure, really focusing on social determinants of health. And I think the next five to 10 years, we'll really see how we can leverage technology to mitigate some of the issues associated with um, social determinants of health. We'll also, I think, see some reimbursement reforms to see how uh, both public and private insurance starts thinking about reimbursing for providers who are taking care of social determinants of health because the overarching belief is that if you can help a family get to their tra travel to their doctor's appointment, right? If you can help them pay for their ride there, theoretically, that that family will have less overall healthcare expenditures because they will be getting their basic health needs met. And so overall, the cost of care for that family is less because we were able to, in this example, pay for a ride for them to, to get to their doctor's appointment. So as a as a healthcare system, I think it's really interesting to see how we can marry technology, you know, advancements, reimbursement reform, as well as the pressures around value to address some of these really important issues around social and emotional determinants of health. Absolutely, absolutely. No, it's super exciting, and I, you know, well noted, definitely on you know the process improvement side, you know, opportunities to reduce healthcare costs from an administrative perspective, um, you know, obviously improving all. And yeah, social determinants of health obviously comes up a lot on, on this show a ton. And it's really exciting to see. I do see that happening as well, the reimbursement side. You know, if you can smooth out opportunities for access, transportation, shelter, you know, food, why, why not have that be reimbursable? It just makes sense from a physical standpoint. Um, Omkara, I'm curious about um, some of the services on SDOA. So, you know, there's a lot of discussions about, you know, the the why and the what of social determinants of health and the impact. But what do solutions or innovations look like in the space? I mean, aside from them being potentially reimbursable, for them being potentially, you know, ways of, of improving the health, what does a solution look like? Obviously there's there's Uber Health and Lyft and and um, there's a lot of new vendors coming up in the social, social determinants of health space. There's, there's food kitchens and providers and all these different social services. But um, do you have any form factors that could you know, represent or any solutions in mind or something you see that's of, of promise that looks like it could be an interesting service that you're seeing, you know, pop up these days. Yeah. So there's three, there's I, I, the way I think of uh, the overall landscape of social determinants of health, I think there's three components to it. And if you follow the patient journey, it makes sense. The first is the provider, if that's the kind of hub where the, the, the care is being managed, the provider needs to understand what the gaps are in that patient's, uh, with regards to social determinants of health in that patient's life or the family's life in the case of pediatrics. So what I mean by that is how do we screen for it? How do we, what, what does the intake look like? How do we really evaluate, uh, in a, in a efficient way, in a way that's systematic, that's, you know, evidence-based, what are the needs of our families? I don't think we know that if we look across every element of healthcare delivery. So I think the first set of solutions that I'm seeing and we'll start to see, and hopefully we'll, we'll participate in that development at Children's Hospital Los Angeles, um, is around that first piece, the intake. How do, we, how do we screen for and identify social and emotional determinants of health? I think the EHR vendors are, are starting to participate in that discussion. Uh, I think there's some, some startups that are involved in that space as well. But I think that'll be really interesting to see how we can create smart tools that can really, in, a, in, a, in an essence, mimic what you know a really good um, physician or social worker or nurse can do in trying to get this information through uh, you know a, 
digital means. The second piece, once you know what exists, uh, what is it that, what are the resources that are available? So one of the big challenges, and again, I'm, I'm generalizing here, I'm sure there are many, there are a few, there may be some exceptions, but generally what we've seen is that, uh, you know, people who are tasked with trying to support um, patients and families who have social determinants of health needs are relying on their own experience. Um, you often find, you, you can sometimes find social workers or case managers or, or even nurses and physicians that have post-it notes or binders full of information that they've just collected over time. And that's amazing. It's really a valuable resource, but there's a, there are a lot of startups um, that are trying to, that are aggregating that and creating a system, a tech enabled system, somewhat of a marketplace system um, where you can actually kind of like a Yelp for social work or, so, or Yelp for social determinants of health, where you can actually find uh, search for and find given a zip code, all the different needs that exist based on, or all the different resources that exist based on the need that have been identified from a, a patient family perspective. So let's say a family needs access to food. Uh, what are the local, local food pantries that are available? What are the hours of operation? Some are even allowing for reviews, like five-star reviews, so that people can see what are the better ones or the, the less less desirable ones. And so that, that element of aggregating the information that's searchable and leveraging technology to create a standard set of resources for all of those care providers that are trying to act, provide this information. I think that's another key set, and there's a whole bunch of startups that are in, in, in companies that are in that space. And the final piece you alluded to a couple of them is the actual service providers, right? So, the, mm -hmm. you know, there are, once you've identified what the resources are, there are now tech-enabled service providers that are actually providing so, so services that are addressing and mitigating those social determinants of health, whether it's, you know, Circulation or Uber Health or Lyft or many others that are doing, uh, you know, transportation, there's those that are doing things around food insecurity and food navigation. Um, I know DoorDash recently was doing some work in that space, and it was, it was interesting to see what they're doing. Uh, many others are as well. Well, uh, there's there's definitely some work in the health literacy space, um, and so th there's many. I want to just name a few, but there, I think those are the three ways I think about it. And what's happening as that all comes together is what we're building is this kind of decision support tool for social determinants of health. We being the healthcare industries. It may not be comprehensive yet, but I think in five years, if somebody connects all three of those dots, which I think they will, you'll have the the same way we have a clinical decision support system for physicians and, and nurses and pharmacists in the health record. I'm hoping, and I think what's happening is we're starting to see a decision support tool for essentially social workers or case managers related to social determinants of health. Some are self-service or really some are really autonomous. Others have a hybrid of, you know, self-insert um, information and otherwise. But it's really interesting to see how we can leverage that. Because ultimately the core problem is there are not enough resources. I don't think there's enough social workers out there who can help take care of every single human being in this country and all their social needs. So we right. leverage technology to help, uh, you know, identify ways in which technology can enable that while allowing for the needs of the masses to be met with the limited resources we have. I love it. I love it. Yeah, no, thank you so well. A couple things. Thank you so much for that framework and for breaking it down and for bringing a lot of substance to the solution side of SDOH. You know, obviously, you know, you, you probably, you can't probably walk down the hall without having an SDOH discussion with an executive probably in your day to day. And so it's really refreshing and exciting to hear kind of you lay out the, the framework, the players, how, how the tool should be shaping up and how, you know, the right hybrid uh, approach of, uh, you know, high touch, but high tech 
enablement can be applied to SDOH. So it's, it's super exciting to hear. Uh, Omkar, I guess along those lines, you know, everything we're talking about here from everything from, you know, data automation, process improvement to the patient engagement side and, and a focus on value and, you know, the underlying elements of social determinants of health. A, a lot of these innovations shape up uh, to be a really interesting future. Um, I'd love to hear about the future of health according to the way you see it coming to fruition. Um, Sure, you have a, an optimistic and, uh, and a, a very bright view of the future, um, but uh, but yeah, just love to hear about what you see happening in, in the future of health. Sure. So it, you know, I of course it is optimistic. I, I think the future will involve more control at, in the hands of uh, patients and families. I think the world in which uh, patients and families not only demand but are actually. Uh, in some element, the driver of their own health is a world that I think many of us want to get to. Um, and I think that means that we all um, need to, to figure out ways in which we can all play a value-added role in that, in that world. Of course, Children's Hospital Los Angeles, CHLA, we are very uh, well-positioned thinking about ways in which we can best integrate into that. But I mean, looking today at the announcement about Walmart Health opening up in Georgia, um, you know, an exa another example of the work that's been done by CVS and Amazon and Walgreens and many others that are, again, trying to find ways that are meeting patients where they are, uh, finding the needs, finding gaps within those and, you know, getting to a place where, again, that future of the consumer is in, in, in the hands of the health is in the hand of the consumers. Some of the things we're doing involve, uh, you know, providing digital access to patients, again, based on what they're telling us they need. Um, so a large part of that entire you know, sentiment that I just laid out about the future is we need to ask patients, we need to talk to them about what it is that they want. We, we, we need to uh, start first with the user need as we build out innovative solutions. So here at, at, at CHLA, what we're doing is we are talking to patients and families first, figuring out what their needs are, and then building, you know, purpose-built solutions for them. Um, you know, an example, we, we've been talking to quite a few uh, patients and families about the need or the challenges of you know LA traffic, which I'm, I'm guessing some of your your um, your audience may may, may uh, appreciate. Traffic mm -hmm. is hard. Getting around a city is difficult and complicated, and especially if it means having to bring you know your child or your family. Let's say you don't have your own car, you've got to take public transportation. It's very difficult, and so the need has definitely come up around telemedicine, and that's driven our desire to build a telemedicine solution. And so. You know, it's an example of how we can meet the patients and the the consumers of healthcare where they are, but it has to start with talking to them. Just pull up a chair, do a focus group, talk to people that represent you know a diverse population in various markets, and that's the best way for an innovator to figure out how to best plan for the future. Whether it's an innovator within a health system like like I am and my team is, or an innovator who is you know in their garage trying to build a startup that's gonna you know have a unicorn exit. Either way. Mm -hmm got to talk to the end users and I think that approach has proven to be valuable for those in the past and I think it will continue to be in the future. Love it. I love it. Now, this is really great. I really hear, I love hearing, uh, you know, about your vision and, 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 you know, I definitely believe that what you're saying here is, is, is you know, um, in the process of happening. So it's, it's really an exciting time to be in healthcare uh, right now in cars, as you know, more than anyone. Um, I guess uh, one of my very last questions is, you know, you've seen so much in health, you've seen so much in well-being, you've seen a lot of trends. 
maybe what's, I'd love to hear about one thing that you do in well-being or health that really works for you on a personal habit basis, whether it's like a morning routine or weekly routine, what keeps your engine going? Yeah, I think it's, um, it's funny for me, it's, it's simple, but it's important. So mm. I get some of my, well, I think they're good ideas, but some of my, some of my, <laughs> some of my best ideas and thinking just, just, um, just running. I mean, for me, mm-hmm. for me, physical exercise is key. And for me, it's just, it's, it's running outdoors, music, it's meditative in, in my own way. It may not be kind of guided traditional meditation, but it is my own way of doing it. And it's, I have to do it consistently, not only from a physical fitness perspective, but for me, it clears the mind and allows me to just, it's my only time to think about uh, really anything. And it, it really, it, I always have an action item list that comes up in my room. I always um, email myself about five ideas that came up in a 30 minute run. So it's, mm. it's, it's both helpful and productive and I, I, I need it every day. I love it. I love it. Well, Omkar, I want to be sensitive to your time. Um, I really appreciate you uh, coming on the show to uh, speak about your background, what you're focused on in health, and how you see the future of health shaping up. And so it's really exciting and refreshing to hear all three of uh, those perspectives in in your story. And um, my very last question is, you know, getting in contact. Um, If you'd like some of our listeners or our listeners out there to get in contact um, with your organization or you directly or indirectly through social media, what would be a good way to do so? Maybe have a website for the, for the hospital that you'd like uh, people to go to? Of course. Well, your listeners are always welcome to, to connect with me on social media, on Twitter or LinkedIn. Um, pretty easy to find. But I think the easiest and best way to really get information about what we're doing and to really uh, connect with the CHLA Innovation Studio uh, is to go to our website, which is kind of easy. It's it's www.chlainnovationstudio.com. And so if you go to that website, you'll be able to see what we're doing. There's a contact section where you can get a, get a hold of us directly. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Omkar, I really appreciate your time, your presence on the show, and the insights that you're, you're bringing. And obviously, as you work on more projects and programs, um, you know, love to have you back on the show for sure. And to our listeners out there, this is the Pop Health Show. The show is for anyone that has a strong passion for making people healthier in this world. Again, Omkar, this was great. Thank you so much for your, your time and for uh, doing this with me. Thank you so much. I appreciate, I appreciate the time too. Thanks so much. Thanks.